66 days, guys. 66 days. That is how long on average it takes to build a habit. And do I have something amazing for you? The 6570 family project has the most fun, most productive, most forward momentum family challenge ready for you to start right now today. There are four daily tasks that will grow your mind, clear space for mental wellness, Amen for that, right? And bring gratitude to the surface, even on the most challenging days. There are three weekly tasks that will spark fun, adventure, and massive connection within your family. It is literally a win, win, win all around. And you will have the 6570 team right alongside you for resources, questions, and directions. So you guys go grab this. It is absolutely free. Go grab the 6570 Family Challenge and get started right away. Everything you need, including trackers and journal pages, can be found at NellieHarden.com slash challenge. That, again, that is NellieHarden, N-E-L-L-I-E-H-A-R-D-E-N.com slash challenge. Go there right now, go grab it and get started today. I cannot wait to see what happens with you and your family after going through this challenge. Hello, and welcome to the 6570 Family Project Podcast. If you are a parent of a tween, teen, or somewhere on the way, this is exactly the place for you. This is the playground for parents who want to raise their kids with intention, strength, and joy. Come and hear all the discussions, get all the tactics, and have lots of laughs along the way. We will dive into the real challenges in raising kids today, how to show up as parents, and teach your kids how to show up as members of the family and individuals of the world. My name is Nellie Harden, big city girl turned small town, sipping iced tea on the front porch mama, who loves igniting transformation in the hearts and minds of families by helping them build self-led discipline and leadership that elevates the family experience and sets the kids up with a rock solid foundation they can launch their life on all before they ever leave home. This is the 6570 Family Project, let's go. everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the 6570 Family Project Podcast. It is so good to have you here in this environment, in this community where we are all talking about being the architects of the beginning of our kid's life, right? We have 6,570 days to do it and let's do it and do it well. So today I am talking all about what all about food, right? One of my favorite topics and the food that we feed our kids really determines a big part of their behavior. And are we setting them up for success or failure? So let's dive in a little bit. And if you don't know a lot of my background, I actually had spent the very first part of my, well, that's not true. I went, uh, I was diving into family work and then I took a dive, like I took a pivot after we went through some family medical, uh, issues with my husband. It turns out it's genetic. So we, uh, have to deal with it and try to prevent things and be very careful with our kids. 
Anyway, um, I really started working with families in wellness, setting up those wellness habits while they're in the family so that they can have a brighter future. I mean, my ideal is I want to see all these families like great grandparents, grandparents, parents, and kids like running and playing on the beach. Right. And of course there's beautiful music playing in the background and it's probably in slow motion during sometimes, right. Let the imagination carry me away. But Anyway, I want to see families thrive and get along. And uh, that's a whole other uh, set of podcasts and everything. But they, in order to be there, they need to be well, right? If you don't have your health, then what do you have, right? When you are sick, when you have the flu, or even if you're injured, right? Everything focuses on that because that is the hurdle that needs to be overcome before anything else can happen. Right. And that is why it is the pinnacle right in the middle. And today, when we're talking about being the architect of their future, we are family architects as parents. We are literally planning, designing, and building the beginning of someone else's life. And when we are curious, or when that, um, uh, all of those core beliefs and those ideas and those perspectives are being curated into this foundation that they're going to use to launch from lean on and, um, and stand on for the rest of their life, then wellness has to be a part of that. Right. And we've all seen, you know, generational issues when it comes to wellness, right. Uh, whether that is obesity, whether that is, um, uh, diabetes, right. Diabetes type two, uh, whether that is, uh, just bad relationships with food. And then there happens to be some maybe early death or early issues because of heart attacks. Right. Um, we've seen healthy uh, family histories that go on generation after generation. And we've seen detrimental ones and we've seen the ones that pivot, um, in the middle and a gen one of the uh, generations just decides to split off, right? All of the things we've seen, my point being that when we're building the foundation, we are building the rest of their life, their ideals of wellness. So my own food journey is complicated. Um, it really, you know, my dad passed away when I was super young. It was just my mom and I, and, uh, because she was working, um, God bless her. She, you know, I was in a, a few different locations. I was with an aunt some days I was with a grandma some days and, you know, I just, there wasn't consistency in there. No fault of, you know, my mom's there. We had to do it. And I loved me some snacks. Um, let's just say this. I told my kids this the other day when we were on a family walk, my doctor, um, used to call me Nellie with a jelly belly. That was my nickname from my pediatrician of all people probably couldn't get away with that today. Um, but that was my name back then. And for good reason, I definitely had a jelly belly and it wasn't healthy for me. And, um, but I started getting into gymnastics when I was in late elementary school and I stayed in it, went to varsity in high school. And it really was probably what saved me because my diet, um, uh, per se definitely didn't. Um, I was working out very often, uh, just because I was in the gym gymnastics team and, but my lunches, I just remember I went through a good, probably, probably year that my lunch was a salted white bagel stick with cream cheese and an ice cream sandwich cookie. 
Yep. That was my, <laughs> that was my lunch. And, but I was also doing a thousand sit-ups a day. So I looked healthier than I actually was. And how did I know that? Well, honestly, back then I really didn't know that, but looking back and on that, I'm like, Oh, I was getting pneumonia at least once a year, right? At least once a year I was sick. I was, I've, I was injured. I had broken all my fingers, right? Um, not my thumbs, but all my fingers and multiple times in some of them. And I just looked back and I was like, wow, I really was not healthy. I might've looked uh, fit on the outside, but fit does not equal healthy. Okay. So I want to go with you on this little bit of a journey here of some big no's that you want to have for your family and some also big yeses and ways to, to find that. Um, because how we set up our kids now is how the future will be, but also how you how you set up your kid right now will determine your future an hour from now, 20 minutes from now, right? If, especially if you have a kid that has some ADHD tendencies like I do, um, or uh, when they haven't had something for a while and then they have it, you're like, Oh, right. It's just being very intuitive and paying some close attention to that because the commercials, the, the world, the Skittles, all of those things aren't going to tell you that, you know, they're detrimental, but I'm here to tell you some, uh, some key facts to stick, um, stick in your mind. Okay. So there are some big no's that you want to keep in mind. There is uh, three of them for sure. Two of them, um, if that suits your family, but the three big, big no's are trans fats. Okay. And trans fats came around, um, gosh, a few decades ago. And it really, what it is, is they take, um, oil that is normally a liquid at room temperature. They pump hydrogen gas through it and it becomes this solid that stays on a shelf for a really long time. Think Twinkie. Okay. And so it can stay there. So when you turn something over and you're just looking at the nutritional label, it might say zero trans fats, but they can get away with that. As long as it is just zero per serve, or I'm sorry, as long as it's less than one per serving, but let's be honest, most people, most people have more than one serving. Most kids definitely have more, more than one serving. Okay. If you ever look at, um, I, like, a we have nacho night taco Tuesdays. Right. And I turn over the bag and it's like, Oh, seven chips. Okay. So seven taco chips are a serving. Yeah. Right. Like no one sits there and has seven taco chips. Um, praise you. If you do, that's awesome. I don't. <laughs> and so, uh, but the point being, so what you want to do is look at the ingredient label. And if there is hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated, anything you want to stay away from that. It is a fake fat that your body doesn't recognize. It stores up. There's a lot of toxins in it. And it can really cause some buildup and nasty stuff happening within your, um, within your, uh, circulatory system and your brain. And that's not something that you want to, you want to have, uh, if there's going to be a traffic buildup, so to speak, your brain is, uh, in your arteries and veins, you don't want it to be in your brain. So trans fats, stay away from those. Number two is going to be food coloring. And you're like, what? We have food coloring in our house and it is strictly, you know, where it's kept. It's not in the kitchen. 
it is in our science lab experiments uh, area where we have Alka-Seltzer and we have uh, some baking soda and we have a food coloring and things in there. Whenever we do science experiments, a lot of them call for food coloring. So you can see the changes happening. And that is the best place for food coloring. Uh, food coloring is an excitotoxin. And so a lot of kids that have ADHD tendencies, excitatory tendencies are going to be very reactive to food coloring. Now it is an excitotoxin for the brain. And the way that you can see, does this have food coloring? If you can't even just see that it does right, uh, with your eyes, like there's nothing natural. That is that color, right? You turn it over and on the label again, in the ingredients, you want to look for anything that has a color blue, lake five, yellow, five, red 40 is a very, very reactive. Many countries do not have these legal anymore, but we do here in the United States and some other countries do as well. So be really on the lookout for those and they can be sneaky. You guys super sneaky. We, um, we, uh, four out of the six of us in our family are vegetarians. And so, uh, we were looking for some vegetarian marshmallows a while ago. And <laughs> some of you probably were like vegetarian marshmallows. Um, we were just at the dentist this week and that the dental hygienist was, uh, talking to my daughter and, and she was like, what is a vegetarian marshmallow? Well, marshmallows typically have gelatin in them. Gelatin is made out of you know, crushed animal bones and different things. And so, yes, we look for vegetarian marshmallows that have pectin in them. And anyway, but even though it is white, a lot of marshmallows have blue in them in order to make them brighter. And so some things that you wouldn't even think had food coloring in them do. Um, one, uh, kind of, uh, exception to this is yellow cheese, yellow or orange cheese. Now cheese is not yellow or orange. It is not, unless you have peppers in it or what have you. It is not yellow or orange. If you see yellow and orange, then that has coloring to it. Now it's not food coloring. It's actually a, a natural coloring that goes in there. So we're, we're okay with that. Um, it doesn't have the excitotoxin factor in there, but we do have white cheese mostly at our house. Um, but if we're out and about and there's, you know, yellow or orange cheese, that's fine. They started that actually way, way, way back when, um, when, I mean, we're talking probably three, 400 years ago and they would bring their cheese to market. Well, if your cheese at the market had more yellowing to it, then, uh, it, your stock that it was coming from was considered healthier because it had more fat in it. Right. And so then people are like, well, I'm going to make mine even more yellow. Right. It kind of reminds me of this crazy, like camel, uh, um, what is it called? A camel beauty pageant that I read about last week. And for ages, people have been entering their camels in this beauty pageant. I don't even know what country this is. Um, and I'm assuming India and anyway, um, but they started, there were some people that were disqualified because they were giving their camels Botox. I am not joking. Go Google it. It is so funny, but same kind of deal with the cheese. They were like, Oh, you know, 
I don't know, Bob next to me has uh, his cheese is selling more because it's a tiny bit yellowed. Well, I'm going to go and stick super yellow coloring in here that I get from uh, these vegetables. Mine's going to sell even better. And that is the origin of yellow and orange cheese, my friends. Okay. So just uh, kind of a side note, I don't want you guys, um, you know, saying, oh, we can't, you know, eat that anymore for that. Um, I'll talk about dairy in a minute, but the third, so the first was trans fats. The second is food coloring. The third is artificial sugars. Um, you know, sugar is sugar and sugar isn't bad. You just need to have, uh, have a little bit of it. Right. And it comes in all of our fruits, right. Naturally packaged in there. If it was bad, it wouldn't be in there. Um, but it is, um, that's the natural form, right? We want to stick with natural sugars that are happening over time. People were like, Oh, sugar's bad. Sugar's bad. Sugar's bad. And then all of a sudden we have aspartame, we have saccharin, we have sucralose. We have these modified stevias, right. That are happening. I remember growing up the little pink packets of sweet and low, which is saccharin. I mean, life was sweet and low. I would sit down with my mom and we would be at Denny's usually, um, sometimes McDonald's, but that was usually drive-through. We would go in and sit in Denny's and she, where's the sweet and low, where's the sweet and low. And I was like, Oh, here it is, you know? And so when I started learning more about health and wellness later on in my life, like, uh, 10, 15 years ago, I was like, Oh, Oh, sweet and lows. That's not good. Right. They were the little pink packets that, you know, they were life and not good. Um, so yeah, we have, uh, the aspartame, which is equal and NutraSweet, right. Um, and saccharin, which is sweet and low and, uh, sugar twin. A lot of you have heard of that one. Sucralose is Splenda, right? And then we have stevia. Now stevia is an actual plant. And I will say we have grown stevia before we have a vertical tower garden. We love it. Um, and we've grown stevia before, and those leaves are astronomically sweet. They're so cool to grow. And then you can grind them up and put them in something. That's cool. That's fine. But when you have this overly processed, uh, um, uh, version of stevia that comes out. It's powdered, it's refined. There's other stuff in there in order to keep it happy on the shelf for a while and all of that, then you want to kind of step away from that. So artificial, uh, sweeteners, not so good. Again, it's going to affect the brain. It's going to, um, affect the cardiovascular system. You want to stay away. Now, those are the big three. The next two I want to talk about are your dairy and gluten. Um, and every family is different on this. Uh, many people have dairy um, sensitivities. Many people have gluten sensitivities. Many people have sensitivities to them, but they have no clue that they are to them, right? Uh, sometimes uh, you or your child's skin can feel kind of like pilly and really rough. Many times that's a gluten allergy and you just don't think about it, right? Dairy every single person on this planet is, is lactose intolerant. Now, whether you understand that or feel that or not, you are, we were all made to have our mother's milk until like, I don't know, age two to four or whatever. And then, uh, we are weaned. And so there's no 30 year old that is walking around that doesn't ha and has a lot of dairy that isn't impacted by that in some way. Um, and dairy and gluten are very, very, very inflammatory. So systemic inflammation 
and oxidative stress, those are the cause of everything out there. And so if your kiddo is sick, we're in a pandemic, so there might be something happening um, there. Maybe they were exposed to somebody, you know, we are not a dairy-free, gluten-free home, but I tell you what, if we are sick or we are injured or we were exposed to something or we're super stressed about something, because when you're stressed, your immune system goes down then we stay away from them because we know that that is only going to cause more inflammation, systemic inflammation that is not going to help us. It's only going to hinder us. So those are just some things to keep in mind there. And, uh, I literally about an hour before I got on to record this for you, my daughter is down at a winter fest. Um, and she, uh, called me to ask if she could have a candy cane because we have candy canes here at home that we normally get that do not have any, uh, food coloring in them. They're red and white, but it's just natural. Trader Joe's has a great, um, thing, uh, assortment there. Um, but she really wanted this small candy cane and you know what? I was like, okay, just the one small one. And that's it. Like she has a little bit of food coloring, like a mini packet of Skittles at Halloween, uh, maybe a mini candy cane like this, uh, type of thing at the holidays. And then maybe someone gives her something at Easter. And that's really it. Uh, outside of that, we do not have the food coloring because it does when you take it away and then give it again, you understand the difference that it makes. It's pretty crazy. And another thing to keep in mind with sugar is that once you have sugar, um, your, uh, your child's immune system, your immune system actually kind of hunkers down and shuts down for a little while too. So we are about to have all of this traveling and everything. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know. I, there's going to be a lot of traveling. So I'm going to try and stay away from sugar as much as possible because I need my immune system really at its top notch during that time. So Dr. Bill Sears, wonderful pediatrician. Um, I am a certified health coach through him, have been for years and years. And Dr. Bill Sears works down in Florida and his son is a pediatrician too. He has a show out and, and, and they, he's still working. Dr. Bill is still working. Um, I get so much of my great information from him and he, I think he has something insane, like 40 books that that man has published, which is just insane, but he has something really simple for kids that I was teaching for, um, a while, uh, through my health coaching and family health coaching. And that was traffic light eating. It just makes it so simple. It made it simple for my two-year-old when I had a two-year-old and it just made it really easy. So anything like green light, right? Green, yellow, and red light. So green light eating is any fruit and veg, any fruit and veg. You definitely want more veg than fruit, but fruit and veg, right? And then there's yellow light. Um, and those are your breads, your eggs, uh, rice, you know, uh, grains, um, all of those things in there. Now they aren't like bad, but they don't want to be the only thing that you eat all day. And you don't want to have them in mass quantities. Okay. And then there's those red light foods that are the candy canes and the cakes and the pies and all of that stuff. And those are every once in a while foods. So it makes it really easy to think, okay, so green light foods, yellow light foods, and red light foods. And you can think about it like this, like apple versus applesauce versus apple pie. Okay. So apple, uh, versus applesauce versus apple pie. That's a perfect, you know, triad there of red, yellow, and 
I'm sorry, green, yellow, and red light foods, right? That people need or not need, but people can have. And then there's the organic versus non-organic and it, it gets tricky. I'm not going to lie. It really does get tricky because well, a, do you trust the organic, you know, the organic label, um, that is out there. And then there's the farmers. Um, and I, I love a farmer. I will go hug a farmer any day, especially my organic farmers out there, but we live in a world too, where, uh, I'll give an example. We used to go and eat strawberries um, at this field and my kids would be literally head to toe red because, you know, you pick one, eat four type thing. And, um, but we found out after we had been going there for like four years in a row, we found out that they sprayed everything um, and I was like, oh no. And then they didn't anymore, but the neighboring, um, farm did, and they have these giant sprayers and it's like, okay, well you don't anymore. Kudos to you. Awesome. But if I go over and I have these, I know the wind is picking up all that stuff and bringing it over here. And that's not cool either. So you just need to be careful with that. Uh, there is something I definitely recommend uh, looking on that is the um, clean 15 and the dirty dozen list. I know it sounds funny and weird, um, but this is a list that is made every single year based on the pesticide, herbicide, and fungicide levels for these particular, particular foods. And you can go check them out. Uh, 2022 uh, should be coming out soon. And it will have the, um, so the clean 15 are, these are foods that it's okay to eat even in non-organic form because they have very low herbicide, pesticide, fungicide levels in them. And then the dirty dozen, guess what, are the foods that you definitely want to get organic because they have very high herbicide, fungicide, and herb, oh, herbicide, fun oh, yeah, you got it. <laughs> Um, uh, very high levels in there. I said it too many times. Now it doesn't make sense to me anymore. It's like when you say car, you know, uh, 30 times in a row, you're like, I don't understand the word car. Um, anyway, so, but they have very high, um, uh, levels of toxins in them. So you want to just be careful. So check out those lists that, um, clean 15 and the dirty dozen and stay clear of the natural label. So natural quote unquote does not have any clout behind it. There's no um, policy behind it. There is no regulation behind it. You can have a natural uh, Twinkie, a natural Reese bar, a natural whatever. And I say that with much love to Reese cups because they are my favorite thing in the whole world. Okay. That's not true, but they're, they're in top five, hands down top five. Um, <laughs> but I don't have them often, but woo, when I do, um, so yeah, the natural label is totally unregulated. So it doesn't matter if it's as natural on the front, don't be fooled by it. It can be anything. Um, and really there's edible and there's food. There's actually a difference between those two, right? A lot of things, um, Twizzlers come to mind. Twizzlers are not food they're edible, right? But they're not food. My kid, uh, one time ate fish bait. You know what? That was edible, but it was not food. It was those, uh, tiny, uh, synthetic grub worms. I have no idea what she was thinking. She was a little, little tot. Um, 
maybe less than two years old and she was, uh, she couldn't fish yet. So she was running around giving everyone their bait. And I look over and I was, I noticed about half the jar was empty and they're, they're like fluorescent green. And I was like, um, where did these all go? And of course she looks at me with those big eyes. She's like, I don't know, you know? And of course we go home and which was across the street. We walked home and I look over and she's vomiting in the backyard. And guess what color that is right next to the shed. Oh yeah. A big pile of fluorescent green. Oh, we never let her live that story down. Yep. The girl ate fish bait. So anyway, difference between edible and food and always just keep it simple. I love Michael Pollan uh, has what I think is the best. In fact, I, uh, I was um, getting ready for you guys today. And I happened to see a framed art of this. And I was like, I want to get that for my kitchen. And all it says is eat food, not too much, mostly plants. That's all. There you go. Eat food, not too much, mostly plants. And that's what you want to know for food. That's how you're going to set them up for a great Monday night for a great, uh, being a teenager for a great future, right? You don't want to, uh, take everything away, right? We on purpose have our, our girls are allowed to have a sweet a day because we don't want to be like, you can't have her have anything, right? Because what's going to happen what would happen? They would leave home at 18 and they would go and gorge themselves somewhere, right? And eat all the things. So we really purposely set in so they can just have a cadence of knowing what a normal amount of a sweet is. They're allowed to have a sweet a day and they're like, okay, good. I'm satisfied. You know, check the box. I've tried all these things and I had a little bit of a lot of things and that's it. So in our house, we really like uh, dark chocolate and, uh, or we make these um, like non-bake uh, peanut butter, coconuts ball things and all just little things here and there. And um, just one piece and that's, you know, we're good to go. Um, keeping as close to the ground as possible. Just keep as close to the ground as possible. By that, I mean like the garden, right? So you don't want to eat something that has been so far removed. Um, even in the food chain, so to speak, you know, uh, something ate the grass and, or the plants, if we're talking ocean, right. And then something ate them and then something ate them and then something ate them. And now you're eating that, uh, as the further away you get from the ground, the harder and worse it's going to be for you. So get as close to the ground when you're eating as possible to set, set them up for success. And I don't want you dealing with a meltdown after dinner or getting the kids ready in the morning for school and they can't get up, they're drowsy, um, their attitude and emotions are all over the place. Hormones, especially for young women, but also young men are all over the place. Really following these things is going to set you up for success in these areas. And a lot of other aspects of wellness are there, right? There is fitness, there is mental wellness, there is rest and relaxation. All of those things are so important, but what goes on your fork really goes into everywhere else. Um, I was watching something recently and this, uh, this gentleman was describing how what he eats leaks into everything else in his world, in his body, of course, just physiologically, but it's also how we feel emotionally, right? It sets up our endocrine system, all those hormones, um, our neurotransmitters, uh, and it is how we can move physically, right? You can't move very well if you are not 
fueling your body with what it needs in order to move those tendons and ligaments and bones and muscles and grow them and heal them and moving forward. Um, it's also about your respect for the world and how the world, how people are treating the resources of the world. Right. And it is also about our respect for our loved ones, right? If I am respecting my husband, I am going to take care of me and what goes into my body as best as possible, right? So all of those things fall into, you didn't know that your fork was so heavy, did you? But all of those things fall onto a fork. You can't outrun your fork, right? You can't out exercise what you put on your fork because that is literally what you are made of. So with all of that said too, you guys, I have something for you. I'm so excited. Okay. So I had been looking at a few different things lately and we were trying out some things for our family. And of course, that's how everything I do is try it out for my family. It seems to go well. And then I release it to a few more goes well. And then I really release it to the masses. And now it is time to release to you guys the 6570 family challenge. You're like, what? Yes, there is a 6570 family challenge and it, you guys, it includes, uh, everything all of our wellness, our family wellness, our bodily wellness, our mental wellness. It talks, um, there are four daily challenges and three, (laughs) three, uh, weekly challenges all within here. There is a beautiful tracker that you can use to check the boxes and go all the way through. It is 70 days long. And because the average person takes 66 days to build a habit. So I want to cover the bases and we are going 70 days long. And guess what? You guys, there's a little extra something special between day 65 and 70. Sound familiar? Yes. 6,570 days. That is how many days we get in 18 years. And that is why, uh, our challenge is 70 days long. And there's something special between days 65 and 70. So in this challenge, you guys, and you can find this at nellieharden.com slash challenge. And it is going to incorporate electronics. You're like, what, what does that have to do with it? Oh, it has a lot to do with it, right? We've done a few episodes on that has to do with uh, electronic time. It has to do with movement. It has to do with what you're putting into your brain. It has to do with what you're taking out of your heart and and putting into it. It happens to do with making or it happens to do, did I say that right? It has, has to do, there we go. It has to do with making memories. It has to do with family adventure and it has to do with connection within your family. Yes. I know you're like, sign me up right now. I want to get in on this. Yes. Go to nellieharden.com slash challenge. Um, so that's N E L L I E H A R D E N.com slash challenge and get going right away. You can have this, uh, your tracker right in the, in the kitchen and, or wherever you're going to see it. And you guys can work together as a family. So why is this so fun and productive and honestly, probably, possibly, probably even life-changing? Well, it's because you're working as a team. You are giving one another positive accountability, positive, beautiful accountability. You have a common goal as a family with, like I said, really fun stuff between day 65 and 70. 
and you will lay the foundations for habits that will serve you in the 70 days and years afterwards, years afterwards. And if at the end of 70 days, you're like, you know what? We kind of want to do it again. Go for it. Go do it again. You're going to have everything with you. So this is absolutely free. Go get it. I want you guys, you as a family, you as a team to go after this challenge and see what comes out of it. I can't wait to see what everyone is doing. We've had so much fun with it already. And now it is your turn to go and get yourself, your family on this challenge. It is honestly one of the single best things you could ever do for your family. And so what are you waiting for? Honestly? Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to shut this off now so you can go over and get it and print it and get going. And so remember you guys, you are the architect of the beginning. Happy building my friends, go get yourselves your tracker and get to your 6570 family challenge. Have a wonderful day and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening today. And I hope you were able to take something from our discussion that you can use to build the foundation of self-led leadership in your own family. If you are a parent with children 17 or younger, and especially those around nine and up, I would love to extend an invitation to you to the best club in town. The Family Architects Club is a private club where intentional parents go that wanna love, support, connect, or reconnect, and really truly help guide their kids and teach them how to self-lead in discipline and leadership. This is an online community and you are welcome to it. Parenting is a project and you are the architect of this one. You plan, you design and oversee the construction of the beginning of someone else's life. And that's what goes into these first 6,570 days and it will be the foundation for the rest of their lives. So come join the club. You can find your invitation on the front page of my website, nellieharden.com. That is N-E-L-L-I-E-H-A-R-D-E-N.com. Thank you again for being a part of this conversation today. And if something really resonated with you, or if you have a question, please don't hesitate to connect with me. You can find me on Instagram at Nellie Harden. And lastly, if you loved the information, please, please leave a five-star review and a comment so more and more families can be impacted by harnessing the strength of these ideas and tools in their own families. So thank you so much. Happy building, you guys, and I'll see you next week.